Welcome, everyone. Um, if you guys don't know me, I'm Chuck Waverson. I've been asked to speak today, and we're going to talk a, a two-week series on honoring our parents. And before we do anything else, I want to ask my friend here to uh, lead us in a song. Dan always does this, and I really like it, so let's, okay. let's do it. So. pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. And, and Lord, let it uh, penetrate our hearts today, Lord, and that it would expose those areas of our life that, that don't conform, Lord, that don't line up with your plan, Lord. We pray that um, as we learn about honoring our parents today, that uh, it would convict us. Lord, it would drive us to our knees, total dependence upon you, that it would change us, Lord, and it would <clears throat> continue to conform us to the perfect, obedient Son, Jesus Christ. pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> okay, well, I'll try not to be too loud. I'm not used to using one of these, but uh, our topic today is honoring our parents. Is that not, uh-oh, what happened? Ah, we lost it. It's not good. I have an IT guy here. I just had that and I lost it. I didn't do anything. Somebody's sabotaging me here. I tried that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was just on, so. Where's Phil? We got it working earlier. No. No. <laughs> I guess we just had it on. All right. We try that. Well, we won't waste too much time trying this. We'll just uh, go with what we have. Okay, well, we'll just go off screen if we have to. Okay, well, that's all right. 
So you guys will have to take careful notes. <clears throat> we lost it, Phil. <laughs> UGA. Was on VGA, correct? Yeah. Okay. The problem is, I don't know what I did before to make it work. It just started working. Something. Ah. Oh. It's all part of the act. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hope it don't go out. So what are our goals today? Uh, there's multiple things that we'd like to accomplish here. Uh, but I want to lay a foundation first off. We want to establish, uh, first off, the family as a God, godly institution. We're going to be talking about honoring our parents and obedient uh, children, etc. But we really need to lay that foundation of the family first. We also want to obviously examine what the Bible says about honoring our parents, since that's our topic. Uh, while doing that, we're going to compare and contrast some of the views of the world with what the Bible says about honoring our parents. And we're going to explore how honoring our parents applies at different seasons in our life. Okay, now obviously we don't have young children in here, um, so we won't spend a whole lot of time on that part of it. But we do have a lot of young adults and teenagers in those transitional years. We will spend some time on that. And then obviously, how do we honor our parents as we get older, as we're adults? And that'll really be the focus of our next week. And then lastly, we'd like to encourage action regardless of failures in the past, okay? We want to, you know, leave here making a change. Okay, so we talked about establishing the family first off, and someone will turn to Proverbs 1, 7 through 9, and let's have someone read that. And someone else maybe turn to Genesis 127 and 224, just a couple of key verses we want to start with. Oh, nice. Got the background. I like that. Leave it going. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, man. <clears throat> That's good. Who's got it? Genesis. Just some real basic text here. Very good. Multiple, multiple texts. Obviously, there's just a few, but the, the, the take-home message here is, is the family is God's idea. It's his plan. It's basically, uh, and it's for his glory. Okay? So if we don't establish the family as, as God's plan, what does submissiveness of children and honoring your parents, what's the relevance of that? Okay? A couple other things we can draw from that, from that text in Proverbs is the family as a school. Okay? In verse 8, you can see that. It's really the framework for teaching of the next generation. In, in multiple areas there, it's not only the physical teaching. You know, how do we our kids to walk, how do we teach them how to feed themselves and do all those physical things that they need to be taught, but also the moral issues, how to show respect, how to, you know, behave in a 
whatever, just the moral things of our society and, of course, the spiritual skills. So the school is the primary format in which we do that. Okay? Another theme in Proverbs 179 is the fear of the Lord as the, as the unifying theme. Okay? Without that, once again, there's no basis for obedience. Verse 7, it's the foundation of the family instruction is the fear of the Lord. And I think, pull this up here. This little pamphlet out here has got a great, some great issues on authority and where that, you know, why, why do we want to uh, recognize authority? Just read you a couple little things out of here. Uh, basically, it says, Christ submitted to unjust authority because he was submitting to the Father. Human authority did not have the last word. God did. Jesus' death on the behalf of proof, proof the ultimate example of God's ability to work good through evil. There is a perspective we need as we face the authorities in our lives. Anyone who doubts that God can work through evil only needs to look at the cross. God calls Christ's followers to allow him to work in our lives in similar ways. He calls us to trust and submit to him. And we do the same to human authority. Okay, so the message there really is when we are... When we are following authority, and when we are be obedient, and we are honoring our parents, we're really doing it to the Lord. And if we don't have the fear of the Lord, there's going to be no motivation to do that. Uh, and then, obviously, in verse 8, it shows that there is responsibility for both parents here. Okay, uh, They both play a role. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit more in detail. The part we're going to focus on, the submissiveness of children. Okay, And you'll notice in verse 8, it talks about the father's instruction and the mother's teaching. Two commands warn against two different temptations, okay? One being the rebellion in the home, okay? Listen to your father's instruction, okay? It, it involves not only listening to what's told, but obedience to it, okay? So in essence, he's, he's kind of talking about two things. And the other side of that is forsaking what was taught after leaving the home. So you have rebellion and, and forsaking. Um, so you've been taught all these things, when you run to your parents' home and then you leave, you go to college or later in life, are you going to remember them? Are you going to remember what you were taught at home? And the last issue is the promise of a reward. Okay, in verse 9, it's referred to as a graceful wreath to your head. And in Ephesians 6, 13, which we'll spend a lot of time in, it's so that it may go well with you, that you may live long on the earth. <clears throat> so hopefully you've seen kind of just a glimpse of the importance of the family and the way that God has set that up. Uh, with the authority and submission and obedience. Let's turn to Exodus 20, 12. I'd like to spend a few minutes just examining this text. Basically, and you can read it, it says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God gives you. One of the things I want to do is, if we're talking about honoring our parents, what, is, what does honor mean? And let's hear some input. Who's got an idea of what honor means? And I can't peek at my notes there. But when you think of honor, what do you think of? Come on, guys. What does it mean to honor your parents? respect, okay. What else? Very good. Other thoughts? What do you think, Bradley? 
part of the fun of being up here. <laughs> Obedience. Okay. Mm. John MacArthur has some really good uh, explanation of this uh, text and talks a lot about honor. So, I, you know, this is not my original stuff, but he, he did an early nice job. He, he talked about honor actually being somewhat equal to respect, as you can see on the board, and respect being an issue of listening and obeying, okay? And he breaks it out into two categories. Really, honor has more to do with the attitude, the heart. Talk about that a lot, okay? What, in the heart usually comes out in our actions and our words. And obedience or obeying has to do with the action part of this. Okay. Now, understand that we can, we can show honor and respect and be obedient and not necessarily agree. Okay. So honoring doesn't necessarily mean agreement with. Okay. And the other key thing in, in Exodus 20.12 is, is there an expiration date on this command? There's no expiration date. You know, we, we tend to focus so much on our children and, you know, our teenagers. And, but really, we're, we are nowhere released from the command here in Exodus, even as older. Yes. It's all throughout. That's right. That's right. So... And the other point is honoring may look different at different seasons in our life. And that's where we're going to kind of go with this, is looking at those different seasons. Um, let me take a moment just to point you guys. You know, Dan and I were talking about this on the way home from turkey hunting yesterday. And, you know, there's not a lot of stuff out there as far as books on honoring our parents. There's, there's very little. There's blogs. There's some articles. There's some commentary on the key text. But one of the tools that uh, Lisa pointed me to, which has just been, I think, excellent, okay, it's called For This Is Right. It's a practical application of the Fifth Commandment for young people. Okay, and I want to just read a couple little things out of here. Um, kind of ran across this morning. I want to throw them in here. It has to do with uh, reverence in the heart, okay, and reverence in our words and reverence in our actions. Um, I'll come back to it here momentarily. It'll blend in nicely. Okay. Um, somebody turn to Colossians 3.20. We've already done Ephesians 6, 1, 2, 3, but somebody else turn to Deuteronomy 27.11. What I'd like to do now is show how serious God is about this obedience issue, about this honoring of our parents. And there's a really good example of this in Deuteronomy and basically, if you guys remember how this works, I'll get the pronunciation right. You had the 12 tribes of Israel. Basically, six went to one mount, Ebal, I believe that's right, and Gerizim, okay, two different mounts. And in the middle, there was some of the Levites. And basically, what they would do is they would cry out to the one mount, okay, Gerizim, with the 12, 12 blessings. So when they were obedient, following God's words, there was a blessings associated with it. And the tribes would respond in a joyful amen, okay? And Ebal, where the curses were declared, 
Okay? And what's very interesting about this, if somebody want to read a, f- a couple of those first verses, Deuteronomy 27.11, just read three or four of them. Read until I stop you. Anyone? I know I don't want to read that. A lot of pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so what I want you to see there is that the second curse, what is the second curse? Okay, depending on your version of it, basically it's, it's cursed he, be a he that sets light by his father or his mother. Depending on what, what translation you're looking at. But basically sets light by means to dishonor. Okay, and if you read through that whole area of text, you'll find out what those curses are. That's some heavy-duty stuff. You do not want to be under the curse of, of God, under his wrath. And it's, you know, it's such high priority. It's, it's second on his list there. So children, which cast contempt upon their parents, bring themselves under the curse of God. Okay? So pay attention. <laughs> okay? All right. So what are some lessons we can draw from, from that text? Well, one is remember the curses. Okay? And, you know, we can maybe pull out one or two of these, but um, somebody go to Proverbs 30, 17. We'll just, just grab one of them. Uh, but they're breaking the fifth. Let's have somebody read that first. Proverbs 30, 17. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> so... And there's lots of stuff like that, guys. Um, this is just a few examples of it. But there are definitely curses associated with that. Read a very interesting, uh, I guess, a sermon from Cotton Mather. Gosh, Puritan days, guys, way back. And I know he catches some heat over the different things in the past. But basically, he makes a point that, listen, if you break this commandment, okay, the likelihood of you keeping the others is pretty, pretty minimal. And in fact, he actually makes a case that if you're, if you're dishonoring your parents, if you're constantly breaking this commandment, part of the curse of God is to turn you over to those other, breaking those other commands. And he makes an excellent point. If you look at, you, know, you look historically at individuals that have had just, you know, history of crime and just all, all sorts of dastardly deeds and uh, Quite, quite often it goes back to a history of dishonoring their parents. Okay? Um, I think we can see that. And let's turn to Romans 1.30 real quick. Calvin's got that. I think that's the right text. 
that. So basically, he's describing a lot of those behaviors, and included in that is disobedience to parents. Okay. So what else can we draw from it? Well, the good news is there is a bless. There are blessings associated with obedience too, and we can see that in Deuteronomy and Psalm one twenty seven five. Um, just some examples of that. So yes, I think it's important that we remember the curses. There needs to be a level of fear there. Um, we need to understand that, but we also need to understand that there's blessings associated with it. Um, respect. Okay, and I want to work this out a little bit. Respect is comprised of uh, really three things. And this is Cotton Mather once again kind of breaking this down, but reverence, obedience, and recompense. So let's break out reverence again. What is, what is reverence involved? Well, there's really two ways to look at this. There's inward reverence, okay, and that's the reverence in the heart. Okay? Um, and that's really an attitude of looking upon our parents as deputies of God, as authority figures that he has placed in our lives. And then there's outward reverence. That's reverence in word and our behavior. This is where I wanted to bring this in, just to give you some examples. You know, it's very easy to say, oh, well, you know, I have reverence in my heart, and, you know, I, I do what my parents tell me. But let's, let's just uh, throw a few of these questions out here, and it was very convicting to me. And there's, there's gosh, probably 30 or 40 of them, but I won't, I won't draw them all out. So this, this area is all do reverence in heart. Let's read you a few of these. Let me find out a couple of good ones. Okay. Is my faith in Christ demonstrated in a sincere desire to obey him? Do I recognize that I can please God and bring glory to him by honoring and obeying my parents? We talked about that earlier. Being obedient to your parents is being obedient to his word and his commands. Do I believe and quietly rest in the fact that God and his loving sovereignty has placed my parents over me? Okay, do we... Do we Meditate on that. Okay? Your parents are in your life because God put them there for a reason. Okay? Here's another good one. Do I recognize that God will bless me through covenantal relationship I share with my parents? You know, throughout the Bible, it's talked about um, you know, obedient parents. The blessings are carried down to the next generation, as are the curses. Okay? So there's actually benefit uh, for the children of obedient parents. Do my parents have my heart? That's a good one. Do I trust them as God uses them to lead me, working all things out for my ultimate good? Are my thoughts and attitudes, as well as my actions toward my parents, ones of trust and reverence? Just a few more, and then we'll go to actions. Here's a good one. Is my relationship with my parents a higher priority to me than my relationships with my friends? Does my face reflect the respect that I have for my parents? Okay. So you, you can, there's some really good questions there to make us think about our heart. And there's a whole book. I encourage you guys to get this. Well, how about in word? You know, we know that what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. Okay, but there's two sides of this. We need to have the right heart attitude, but it needs to, there needs to be an outward representation of that, not only in our word but our behavior. So here's a few that have to do with the word. Do I show respect to my parents by being patient, listening carefully, 
and not interpreting or voicing my own thoughts and opinions before they have finished speaking. Okay? How many times, you know, shoot, we're, we're guilty of this sometimes with our own spouses. You know, you think you already know what they're going to say, and you interrupt them, and you don't let them complete the thought. That's, that's being dishonoring. Okay? Will I, without shame, be able to give an account to God for every word I have spoken to my parents? All right. Do I show respect and honor when speaking to my parents about my parents to others? Okay. When we are in our in our you know our social groups, maybe young guys, how do we talk about our parents? How do we portray our parents? That's really important. That's can be honoring or dishonoring to our parents. Do you do you uh, lay out your parents' sins and shortcomings to others? Okay. That's dishonoring. Something to think about. One or two more. Do I seek to minister to my parents with my words, building them up, thinking or thanking them for their leadership and sacrifice, encouraging them and asking for ways to help them? Okay, you see the difference there? It's not what can my parents do for me, but what can I do for them Okay, in that household? Maybe one more. Do I speak sincere words to my parents, refraining from the use of flattery, or dishonesty to influence them, okay? You guys, you older guys probably have figured out your buttons on your parents, you know, how to, how to maybe kind of get your way with something. Okay, we need to think about that, okay? Is that dishonoring? And then the last part of this is our actions, our behavior, all right? Let's just read a few things here, and then we'll move on. This kind of goes a little bit with what I said before. Do I honor my parents by exercising patience and self-control as God has commanded in my relationship with them? Do I do, <clears throat> do I do what I know my parents would want me to do even when they are not with me or when they have not clearly specified their wishes in a particular situation? What do we do when they're not looking? Okay, That can be honoring or dishonoring to our parents. And that's our behavior. Do my facial expressions and bodily gestures show honor for my parents? So you may be obedient and doing what you're told, okay? But what's your heart saying? What is your facial expression saying? What is your body language doing? Okay, I'll go do it. You know, that's all part of honoring our parents, okay? And do I demonstrate my trust in God by continuing to show respect and honor to my parents, even if they have sinned against me? Now, there is a tough one. Okay, I can tell you guys right now, and we all know this, we're all sinners. That includes our parents. Okay, So it's very easy to say, well, gosh, they sinned against me, and you, and you lose, lose all perspective of the respect you should, should be showing for them. We need to keep that in mind. Okay, So once again, a great resource. There's hundreds and hundreds of questions in here that really make you think, and I'll point you guys to that. Okay. Obedience and recompense. Okay, a couple of key verses. I think we've already kind of read them. Ephesians 6.1, Colossians 3.20. Do not leave undone what your parents desire, which basically means if they ask you to do something, do it, right? I mean, that's, you know, I'll get to it later or forget about it. That's dishonoring. It's it's showing a lack of, uh, basically, um, you're not, you're not showing that you you their request is important to you. 
okay? It's a low priority for you, okay? And obviously, don't do what they forbid. So it's not only, a, you know, do what they tell you, don't do what they tell you not to do, right? Okay? That's obedience. Recompense, we're really going to focus on next week, all right? And that has a lot to do with, as, as we become adults, taking care of our parents. Okay? That's just a real quick summation of it. But that's really going to be our focus next week. So stay tuned. I'll expand that out. Okay. Another lesson. Parents represent authority. Okay. Honoring our parents is just one of many, many um, examples of the authority submission model that God has set up. Okay. God believes in authority. Talks about it throughout the Bible. Somebody turn to Romans 13, 1 to 7 and read that for us real quick. So basically what I want you to see there is the, the whole idea of, of honoring and obedience. Uh, it's a big umbrella. It's a big umbrella under which honoring our parents falls under as well. Okay? So there are many examples in our life that we have to be obedient to and be submissive to authorities, parents being one of them. We mentioned earlier, if you're breaking that fifth commandment, we're not honoring our parents often. It's a downward slide from there. Okay? We break the other commandments, but we also will dishonor our employer. Okay? We'll dishonor our elders, okay? our leaders in our church, uh, our, our uh, instructors or teachers in school. I mean, there's all different authority figures that we face in our life. And uh, if you're going to dishonor your parents, why not dishonor everyone? So this is good learning around in the home. Okay? So remembering that submitting to human authority is submitting to God's authority. That's the fear of the Lord. Okay? We need to remember that. A few other last notes on that, that scripture. <clears throat> Go before God in Christ for his pardons. We're all sinners. We're not perfect. Okay? So when we have dishonored our parents, if we have not submitted, we need to go before him and ask for his pardon. Okay? We need forgiveness. And then don't continue in it. We need to repent. Okay? We need to change our ways. Christ was the perfect example. He's what we need to follow. He lived in perfect obedience to the Father. Okay. All right. Let's move a little bit more specifically now. We talked about I want to I want to deal with honoring our parents in different times in our life. What we've done is we laid a general outline of what that looks like and the biblical mandate to do so. Let's talk about the transitional years. Okay, and this applies to many of you in this room. Okay. 
So the challenge is how do we transition into adulthood and maintain a healthy respect for our parents? Okay, that 15, 16, 18, 20, 21, 22-year-old. Okay, it's a very interesting time. The difficulty is on your own, assuming independence from authority. Okay, so you may be out on your own. You may be at college. You may be you know, living miles away. That's a challenge. Okay, other challenges are fear of hurting your parents by taking greater responsibility. Some some of you guys may have unbelievable relationships with your parents. Okay, and sometimes you're feeling the need to become independent, do your own thing, but at the same time you still want to honor them. And believe it or not, that can be a struggle for some folks, kind of taking over and still honoring them. Some other difficulties, some of us have had uh, parents that have been poor examples or poor advisors or just totally absent. Well, how do you honor a parent like that? Okay, um, You know, you're probably dealing with some feelings in there of resentment. and uh, They just haven't haven't earned your respect, okay? Um, so there's some challenges. This one I can relate to a little bit. What if you had no real relationship with your parents, okay? Often that transition is quite easy because you never had it. You don't, you don't really have to, to, to break the relationship with them. You, you know, you've been independent anyway because you have no relationship with them. But often that transition then occurs too soon. And, of course, the... The challenge that we face just about every issue is the culture. Okay, how does the culture uh, portray parents? Okay, well, you know, you look at sitcoms on TV, you look at commercials, et cetera. Basically, parents are, are shown as being clumsy, they're out of date, they don't understand, uh, they're not able to help with the problems that the teenagers are dealing with. They're just, they're just useless. Okay, and that's, that's what the culture is telling us. And the Bible is telling us exactly the opposite of that. Okay, so what are some recommendations that we can draw from the Word? Well, let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Whoever gets there. We mentioned this earlier, but you know, the first thing we need to do is we need to be thankful for our parents. They're God-appointed. Okay, um, you are arrows in their quiver. Okay, you should be a blessing to them, and they're a blessing to you. We need to be thankful. It starts there. The next thing is we need to not wrongly judge our parents. Okay, um, very very easy for us to condemn them. You know, I, I can remember growing up. You know, I, I thought I had my dad figured out. Well, I know exactly what he's thinking. I know his motives. You know, I, you, you just condemn him. You write him off. Okay, we need to be very careful with that. Remember that we received acquittal. When we were, you know, um, basically we have sinned, okay? And we need to re remember the acquittal we, we received in Christ. Okay, it's the same for them. We need to seek reconciliation. I read, read a lot of articles about different situations where um, guys have had regrets. They didn't have a, a good relationship with their father. Uh, maybe their father sinned greatly against them. You know, all those different challenges we talked about earlier. Uh, maybe they weren't there for them. They set a bad example, but they never sought reconciliation. And 
when that parent passed away, there was great regret. Okay? And even though they really didn't have a relationship, they still had a lot of regret. So we need to seek reconciliation with our parents if, if it needs to happen. Okay? So what are some other recommendations? We need to develop a biblical understanding of adult freedom. Okay? Um, <clears throat> so what does the world say about adult freedom? Okay, I would, I would suggest that it promotes liberty, okay, unfettered liberty, limited responsibility, or avoidance of responsibility, all right? You know, it's, it's an epidemic in our society. If you go to our college campuses and you look at our, our young males and females, they're, you know, they're basically avoiding any, any significant responsibility. It's a time to indulge, indulge in the pleasures, pursuit Pursuit of pleasure, uh, no repercussions, have fun, do what you want. <clears throat> That's kind of what the world's telling us. That's totally different <clears throat> from what the Bible lays out. Okay? In fact, the Bible promotes greater responsibility through these transition years. Okay? Not only for ourselves, but for others. Okay? And I love this, and I think this came from, um, I think this came from Piper, actually. <clears throat> he talks about liberty being chained to Christ. So yes, we have this greater independence. We have this, maybe we're not in, in our parents' household anymore. We have these freedoms to kind of kind of come and go as we please. How do we use that? Well, that liberty has to be chained to Christ, using our freedom to benefit others, not our fleshly desires. Let's turn to Galatians 5.13, and then somebody else turn to 1 Peter 2.16. got Galatians. Somebody, somebody. Okay, very good. And first Peter. Okay, so you see guys that <clears throat> how we're supposed to be using our freedom to benefit others, to serve others, okay? Totally, uh, totally contrasts what the world says, okay? So what's the application here? What can we draw from that? Well, you can read it, but I think this is excellent. Am I using my freedom to serve God and others, including my parents, okay? Or am I using freedom as an excuse for selfishness and indulgence in sin? So honoring our parents really requires thinking biblically about our Christian freedom. Does it not? It does. So <clears throat> other recommendations. Develop a biblical perspective on adulthood. Okay, now this is, this is a problem. When are we adult? What does the world say about adulthood? Okay, well, when you're 18, is it a magical birthday? Is it? we're 21? Is it when we're 13? When is it? Okay. There's civil laws that kind of relate to that. You know, hey, you can drink at age 21 or you can vote at age 18. And there's all different things that society says about when you're an adult based on what the privileges we're allowed. Consequences of actions. You know, when you get tried as an adult in a, in a courtroom. You know, well, that is even kind of fuzzy these days, isn't it? So the world's perspective on adulthood is kind of vague. 
and you get a lot of different mixed messages. What does the Bible say? Well, Genesis 2.24 gives us a little bit of peek of this. And, you know, this is a, an area that I could probably expand on a little bit more. Um, we get a little input from you guys. But basically, the Bible points to marriage as, as at least one defining point of being an adult. Okay, when we leave our father and mother, okay, um, particularly with our ladies. You know, you're under the protection of your parents, other than your father, until you're married to another. So the Bible's view of adulthood is very different than society's view on adulthood. I think it's important that, that we remember that. <clears throat> Anybody got any thoughts on that? No? <laughs> when are we an adult? Don't know? We're going to talk about it again in a minute here. Um, the other thing we need to remember is the blessings. Okay? Got that right. Yeah. <clears throat> Ephesians 6 1 to 3. We looked at that already. The Lord intends that respect for our parents lead to his blessing. Okay? So it's not just a, you know, hey, go do this because I said do it. There is great blessing associated with, with obedience and honoring of your parents. And this time frame, this transition to adulthood, is a critical time. Number one, it's a time of great temptation. Okay? You're, you have this greater independence. You're, maybe you're out of the home and you're seeing a lot of these outside influences that you haven't seen before. You have to make decisions, you know, maybe how to spend every minute of your day. When do you get up? When do you, you know... Go to bed. Am I going to get up and study my word? Am I going to attend church? There's a lot of things that now you have to uh, decide for yourself. Okay, it's a it's a time of great temptation. It's also a great great opportunity to honor your parents. Okay, I can tell you that there's a lot of parents out here, and I know that I speak for them when I say, when you're out of that home and you're doing the right thing. Okay, that is a great honor to your parents and a great relief as well. So you have an opportunity here to do the right thing, uh, not forsaking what you've learned in the past. And most importantly, it's a great opportunity to trust in the promises of God. Because is there a promise associated with honoring of our parents? There is. It's a promise. Do we believe in the promise or don't we? Dan talks about the promises of God all the time. Well, this is one of them. So here's the proving ground. Are we going to believe in it? Here's some practical uh, applications here or recommendations. Define the transition to adulthood with your parents. Okay? Um, I'm speaking to our young guys and ladies, but also to parents, guys. And this is, uh, I haven't got this figured out yet, so I'm just, I'm just telling you, preaching to myself here as well. But we need to define specific goals for a transition period into adulthood. What is that going to look like? Okay, clarify our expectations. Ask for ways. Ask for ways to prepare yourself for marriage and parenthood. What a great way to honor your parents. Asking their advice. What do I need to work on to prepare me to take a bride, or, you know, or to be married, or uh, you know, to be a parent? All right. You know, we talk about. Um, relationships with our, um, you know, with courting and what that's supposed to look like and the right way to handle that. 
But we don't often do this. We don't, we don't often talk about the transition to adulthood, setting some clear goals, uh, how, that, how that looks. Okay? Something you may want to look at. <clears throat> um, so, honoring your parents by thinking and planning with them. Okay? Dan was talking about this yesterday with me, what a pleasure it was to hear from his, his when, he, when he hears from his older children, you know, Josh, um, you know, calling up and asking him advice on things. What a great honor that is and how delightful, you know, that's delightful to him, knowing that his son trusts his opinion, that wants his input, okay, to help him plan his future. It's great, okay. Proverbs 15.22, real quick, somebody just try to beat me there. Run out of time. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Okay, so a good uh, text for the point I'm making here. Okay. Okay. A couple other. We got a few minutes left. Live a transparent life with your parents. Okay. So increasing our independence is not necessarily synonymous with increasing distance or secrecy. It isn't a case where all of a sudden you're on your own and nobody knows anything. My parents don't know anything about what I'm doing. That's personal. It's none of their business. No, no. We need to live transparent lives with our parents. Why? They're great counselors. Okay? You are passing up on a wonderful opportunity for their wisdom, okay? but also the opportunity to give them honor okay? so just, and being obedient to God. All right? Are we honoring our parents to... By keeping secrets from them? No, we're not. Okay? We honor our parents and protect ourselves. We protect ourselves when we grant access to our lives. That's the wisdom part. Okay? You have access to that wisdom. Um, don't pass up on it. And this, this last point I think is excellent. <clears throat> if there's an issue that we're afraid to share with our parents, maybe a decision you're trying to make, or maybe it's a road that you're heading down, if you are apprehensive of sharing that with our parents, it's most likely displeasing to them, okay, and dishonoring both to them and to God. So keep that in mind, okay. That is it for perfect timing, okay. Dan, I'll ha handle all your questions. <laughs> we got about a minute or two. Um, by the way, next week, we're going we're gonna to keep going with this, uh, and we're going to really talk about how do we honor parents as adults. Okay, so we're going to take this uh, transition time and move right into adulthood and deal with some real-life practical examples. For example, how do we deal, how do we honor uh, unbelieving parents? That's a good one. How do we, um, you know, uh, honor our parents when we're 2,000 miles away or, or that we had no relationship with them or whatever, or we have huge disagreements uh, with them? We're going to go through some of those examples. So, questions? Yes. Mm. Excellent. Absolutely. Part of the planning phase. You know, if you're going to. Absolutely. So helping them kind of navigate through decisions on careers and how to support a family, et cetera. Yeah. Excellent. Other insight? Questions? Okay. Let's uh
Let's pray. We'll get to second service. Father, thank you once again for just providing us a map, Lord, of how to navigate through honoring of our parents and honoring authorities that you have placed in our life, Lord. We ask that you'll take these words and that the Spirit will put them on our heart and and really drive us to action, Lord. Help us think about um, how we're interacting with those in authority over us. Lord, help us to submit not only to them, Lord, but to your word, remembering that uh, your promises are true. Lord, we just uh, pray as we leave here that we'd be changed, think about these things. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, thanks, guys.